Good evening, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as part of Fansided. I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a very special guest with us tonight. He's a diehard Bears fan uh, from Illinois. He has his very own Bears podcast called the Chicago Bears Review. Please, everyone, give a warm welcome to Larry Dyer, everybody. Hey guys! Welcome to the show, Larry. Uh, you can hear that. We've oh, got yeah. applause Thank you. going in the background. Oh, oh yeah. we got sound effects. Oh yeah, nice. Oh yeah, just yeah. for you, Larry. First time. This, First time. This we're is using a high high end production we Absol- got here. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we have an actual live studio you audience budget, right behind nice. you. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Larry, welcome to the show. Tyler's been on your show a couple of times. You both yeah. have done great episodes from there, as well as if you're a Chicago Bears fan, please check out Larry's um, podcast. Even if you aren't. Uh, Saints fans, check out the one that he did with Tyler, and then check out his midseason one as well. Uh, I'm sure it'll also be summarizing the game. But yeah, Larry, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, being here. Um, how long have you been a Chicago Bears fan? Well, let's see. I'm uh, I'm 39, so 39 years. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I was in Chicago a couple of months ago. I know you live in currently you live in Iowa, but obviously you know Chicago yep. um, like probably the back of your hand. Um, I was there a couple months ago. Beautiful city, probably the most underrated city in the United States to me. Honestly, like like it's it's a beautiful city. Great people. Uh, obviously, it's the third most populated one, so you're gonna get all these unique personalities there. It's a wonderful city, especially for sports too. All the history there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we basically are a charter member of just about every sports league that exists. I think the the NBA, because the Bulls didn't get started until like 66. Right. Uh, the NBA is like the only league that we aren't a charter member of. So, I mean, we've right. we've been around forever in just about everything. And even on top of that, I mean, six championships. Michael Jordan, you have one of the best players on that team, and that rides the history there as well for the team. Um, wanted to wish our audience a very happy Halloween. Hope you guys had a safe and fantastic Halloween last night. Happy November. Last two months of 2017, and then it's 2018, and, and we're all going to feel uh, – old like 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 2014 was just yesterday and it's been nearly four years and that's just wild uh before we jump into talking about the new orleans saints chicago bears game uh we are going to just quickly do articles of the week uh tyler i'm going to pass it off to you uh go ahead man okay so as always we have some fabulous articles to check out on who that dish uh dot com if you're not living there you should be as dan always famously says uh, this week, I couldn't really pinpoint one specific article I had in mind, but I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Roy Anderson, our fabulous editor. He's been busting away some fabulous articles about the New Orleans Saints, the recent news, what's been going on, uh, about the trade deadline, everything uh, you could possibly imagine. You can find it here on whodatdish.com, so make sure to check him out there. And, yeah, just all the amazing ar- uh, articles that are being uh, published by all of our amazing editors. So shout-outs to you guys, especially Roy. So. Yeah, even though nothing happened at the trade deadline, that article by Roy was fantastic that he had. Um, yeah, I didn't want to pinpoint anybody as well myself just because Roy has been pumping out all these articles, so be sure to check it out. Um, I just want to plug my own. Uh, it's titled Halfway Mark, How Saints Stack Up in NFL Statistically. Just looks at general numbers, compares them to the rest of the NFL, see who, who's ahead of the Saints, uh, how they fit in, not just record-wise, but also how they're what they're producing on the field. So, yeah, be sure to check that out, whodatdish.com. If you're not living there, you should be. All right, let's jump into the game that happened on Sunday. We've had a few days to manifest over it and and think about, marinate, and what happened. Uh, The Saints ended up coming away the victors for their fifth straight victory. 
uh, 20-12. It was a fantastic game, a lot closer than uh, e- even the score, even though it's close. It's, it was actually closer than that. Um, Larry, general thoughts about the game from you. Uh, obviously, it was a tough break. There were some calls that didn't go your way. Um, the officiating crew, uh, I would admit, it was made a lot of controversial calls, and I think that they got a couple of them wrong. Um, uh, mainly that Zach Miller uh, touchdown catch that mm-hmm. was taken away. But Larry, general thoughts about the game, about the play, refs maybe even throw that in. What do you think coming away from that game? Because it was a very tough loss for you guys. Well, it, it kind of went the way that I expected. You know, I, I Tyler and I talked about this on, on my show was that, you know, my main concern going into the game was that I thought the defense was going to be able to do its job and contain uh, the Saints' offense. My main concern was whether or not our offense would be able to generate enough points to make a difference, and unfortunately, we just uh, we just couldn't get it done uh, on the offensive side. Bad calls by the official or not, Connor Barth missed the field. I mean, we left points on the field all day long. I mean, obviously, the officials didn't help us on that one play, but... Um, you know, it, it, Connor Barth missed a field goal. We, 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 we had opportunities to make it closer, and the offense just couldn't get it done. Yeah. yeah. Nothing worse and, than the points being left, you know, on the field. And the, the Saints have been experiencing that uh, at some points in the season as well, and it, it just kills the momentum and kills the game, obviously. It's, it's nothing worse than that almost. Yeah, and um, I, I'll just go off to what you guys said there. Uh, I thought, I think from a Saints perspective, I thought it was a lot closer than what uh, the stats initially showed. Um, what I'm looking at now, unfortunately, the Saints were only two of nine in third down. I think your Bears team really held our Saints at times. But I think at the same time, what I mentioned on uh, Larry's show here was the Saints almost shot themselves in the foot a little bit, if you think about it. We had Mark Ingram fumble the ball twice in crucial uh, situations that could have allowed us to put more points on the board. I think uh, there are a couple points in the game where there are opportunities for uh, the Bears uh, running back Jordan Howard and the quarterback Mitchell Trubisky to uh, open up and score uh, through you know the running lanes, and they did that. They did score, but they got a ton of yards. But um, yeah, it was really interesting from my side of things, you know, from a Saints perspective, seeing the game and uh, how the Saints fared against really good Bears defense. But yeah, and and the offense of the Bears was was very balanced. Thirty-one rushes compared to 32 throws by uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, he was 14-32. Uh, I, I think the two biggest plays uh, in the game was that 46-yard scramble by Mitch Trubisky, which ended up leading to a touchdown uh, for the Bears. I thought that that was a fantastic play, especially coming from a rookie. He's looked really, really impressive. A lot of people doubted the Bears when, when they drafted Trubisky uh, at the number two spot. They, you know, traded up uh, to select Trubisky, even though, you know, a lot of people weren't sure if, if they needed to do that move, so they felt like they gave up too much for him. But he was looking really good uh, as far as rookie, as far as decision-making. Uh, didn't make too many mistakes other than that interception towards the end of the game uh, to Marshawn Lattimore. And then the other big play uh, for the Saints uh, was that um, 53-yard reception by Ted Ginn Jr., where he was able to kind of uh, rotate his body like an acrobat and, and, and come down with that catch. Um Larry, what what was kind of the turning point in the in this game for you? What 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 plays stood out to you the most that that kind of decided the game? Well, I mean, even though it ultimately didn't have an um, you know, even with the extra points, it wouldn't have uh, affected the outcome too much. But losing that touchdown to, to Zach Miller was definitely a momentum breaker because everybody was on the sideline celebrating a score. 
Um, you know, Zach Miller, you know, everyone's concern is, is going to, to Miller and the injury that he that he suffered. But ultimately, he came down with the football. We got a it was called a touchdown, uh, you know, on the field when it when it happened live uh, right. uh, and everything. And then out of nowhere, you know, all touchdowns and or scoring plays are reviewed. And the next thing you know, um, it's being announced that the that was incomplete. And now it's fourth down and the Bears are kicking a field goal instead of setting up for an extra point. And, you know, it, it just kind of um, killed the momentum that the offense was kind of working with at the moment. Instead of a 25-yard touchdown, now we're attempting uh, a 41, 42-yard field goal, which is, with Connor Barth as the kicker is by no means a gimme. So, I mean, it it went from guaranteed points on the board to, you know, a 50-50 situation. And even though we did end up getting uh, those points, losing the touchdown, losing the momentum coming from that, I think was uh, was 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 crucial because it's in the second half. You know, time is time is winding down and that would have gotten us within what, four or or at least a one score game uh, at the time. And, um, you know, fast forward to the to the fourth quarter if they give us that touchdown it's 17 to 10 later on uh we score that other touchdown now it's 20 to 17 the bears on that final drive are hoping for a touchdown but playing for a field goal so maybe they don't come out as aggressive you know throwing the football you know deep downfield like they did on the pass that ended up getting picked off maybe they're looking more in the flat to try to chunk their way down the field dink and dunk you know, get out of bounds, that type of thing, instead of trying to get big chunks of yardage to get themselves downfield for the game-tying touchdown. Yeah, tough yeah. stuff. And uh, now, although the Bears, unfortunately, did lose, who would you say, Larry, uh, impressed you the most? Who would you say, if you had to shed a little spotlight uh, on one specific Bears player, who would it be? Obviously, you had Akeem Hicks was, uh, like we mentioned uh, on your show, he was a, a bit of a force uh, against the Saints. You had Jordan Howard, who was pretty impressive. Uh, who would you say is the player that impressed you the most? No one really stood out for me, to be completely honest with you. The guys that were stars for us last week against Carolina, uh, Akeem Hicks aside, who ended up getting another sack to his total to to match in the first eight games, seven sacks that he had all uh, of last year. So, I mean, he's on an impressive tear uh, right now. And he's, for the lack of a, you know, uh, for a better term, he's an interior uh, defensive lineman with seven sacks at the midway point of the season. That's extremely uh, impressive. But, um, you know, as far as like a standout guy like we had last week with Eddie Jackson and his two, uh, you know, interception and fumble recovery touchdowns and and things like that, no one really kind of stood out for me. What what more stood out, I guess, would be Trubisky and the fact that the offense or the offensive coaching staff or whatever seemed to be trusting him more. Uh, with the football 32 pass attempts is almost five times as many pass attempts as he had against Carolina it's 32 to 7 ratio he threw the ball seven times against the Panthers he threw it 32 against the Saints yeah and I don't know about the uh, and how he would react to this but I think personally for me the Saints biggest player this game has to be our rookie cornerback Marshall Lennon where you look at what he's been doing this season I know Day and I have been uh, re-emphasizing have been consistently saying we need uh, production out of our young secondary to make an impact for us every single week. And uh, we got that out of Marshawn Lattimore. He, for the most part, was pretty consistent in what he was doing, and he had that interception to help seal the game for us. But I think for the Saints-wise, at least for me, I would say Marshawn Lattimore. How about you, Dayton? Yeah, yeah, defensively, absolutely. For for me, it's Marshawn Lattimore. He's not looking like a rookie. He's, he's looking like yeah. a, a, a pro bowler type 
cornerback. And and it's crazy because he, he came off to a slow start. I remember the very first play. I mean, the defense as a whole, the the, the team even, uh, ha- had a very slow start to the season. I remember Lattimore's very first play. He got juked out by uh, um, D- uh, uh, Dalvin Cook against the Minnesota Vikings. And I said, oh, oh boy, I, I hope this isn't uh, the norm for, for Lattimore in the NFL. But it's not. He's been playing fantastic. Uh, I think that there's a stat that he has more interception return yards, which is 52, than uh, passes he's given up in one-on-one coverage, which is 48. I saw that. That is, that is fantastic to see. Um, as far as overall, though, for this game, believe it or not, I would actually give my game ball to uh, Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, I kind of referenced him earlier. I said that was a big play, but Ted Ginn went from dropping really clutch passes in the preseason and, and who that nation kind of doubting him because of his past dropping in Carolina and uh, all of the fumbles that he had, the muff punts, to making very important catches to get us wins in the middle of the season. Like, he, he's a factor at this point in the season still, and, and it's great to see, especially being a veteran presence for the team. He, he, he gives us so much more than just a great player on the field, off the field. He's mentoring these young receivers like Michael Thomas and, and Willie Sneed, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis, uh, Alvin Kamara, who had a fantastic game as well. Um, let's go from the good to the bad real quick. But yeah, so if I had to give it, I would give it to Ted Ginn Jr. Um, as far as, I, I guess, not the bad, but the, the negative side of things, uh, Larry, for the Bears, uh, a loss is a loss, even though it was close. What are some of the things at least that stand out most to you that the bears have to kind of uh, fix up after this game. Well, um, before I answer that, I would like to address the Ted Ginn catch uh, at the end of the game there. Yeah. Um, that uh, is one that kind of really sticks uh, and thorn in my side for that one. Number one, because the guys that have most recently been playing the best in our secondary, were both in a position to make a play mm-hmm. on the yeah. ball. And I think maybe they lost it in the lights or I don't know what happened, but both of them, Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson were both seemed to be in a position to catch it. And the one good look that I had it, I swear to God, Ted Ginn closed his eyes and just hoped for the best. (laughs) Like that ball just happened to land in just the right spot. And he just held on to the ball. It's like, really, it just looks like, you know, a Hail Mary heave that the defense is closing in on breeze. He throws it downfield you know, between the two best secondary defenders we have on the team right now, and the ball just happens to land in just the right spot, it sticks to Ted Ginn for yeah. that catch, and I just couldn't believe that that happened. That's how I but, catch footballs. I just close my eyes yeah. and hope it comes to me, you know? Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's, that's you know, there there it is. That You know, he just closed his eyes. It just seemed like he closed, like, I think maybe he closed them because he thought he was going to get hit. Right. Because right. there were two bare defenders contact. right there. Yeah. You know, he was expecting contact, so it's not like he was, you know, sending up prayers or whatnot, but I think that he, like, I literally thought I saw him close his eyes as the ball was coming in. Like, he had no idea that he had the ball until he hit the ground kind of thing. But um, as far as what the Bears need to shore up, the biggest Achilles heel for the Bears on Sunday, ironically enough, was our offensive line. Um, because uh, I just got done talking to uh, Lauren Cox. He, wor- he writes for BearsWire.com uh, for USA Today, and he had a chance to watch the All-22 film and was saying that um, – the wide receivers weren't really the problem on Sunday, which is what the layman would probably think with the way the passes were going and such. Is like whenever the receivers were getting open, it just seemed to be that that's when the offensive line would break down. And if Trubisky had a chance to stay in the pocket, he had men open downfield, he would have been able to find them. However, instead of being able to throw to those open receivers, he's either getting sacked or he had to scramble and, and run the ball and, you know, and, and it became a busted play. 
uh, kind of situation. So we had missed opportunities on the offensive side. You know, it's a combination of, you know, the receiving core being what it is, but at, at the, the other times is the offensive line letting Trubisky down because he doesn't have the time to find these receivers when they are getting open. Yeah, and I think I think both teams, honestly, from this game could relate to what you said there about missed opportunities. You look at what Saints did, uh, as I mentioned earlier, with Mark Ingram and his two forced fumbles. You know, it isn't usually typically like Ingram to um, fumble like this, but, you know, when you have a running back who um, typically carries the ball pretty well, when he's going for uh, extra yards, it doesn't always work out in his favor. But this is going to uh, lead into the next question I've got for you, Larry. So right now... Uh, we're heading into next week. Uh, we actually, both the Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints, both have divisional matchups. For the Bears, they're going to be home for the Green Bay Packers. For us, we are going to be home for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What would you say, Larry, uh, you could take from the Saints-Bears game that your Bears team could use in your division a, a matchup against the Packers next week? Well, the defense has got to be licking its chops because the the Green Bay game week four on Thursday night was by far the worst performance they've had this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've played pretty well even in even in a lopsided loss to Tampa Bay. Um, they still, I mean, whatever Tampa Bay got was given to them by the Bears as far as Tampa Bay actually earning it. You know, we were giving them extending the drives with stupid defensive penalties and and things like that when they otherwise would have been three and out and things like that. So they're looking for a bounce back game against the against the Packers. Not to mention the fact number twelve is not back there anymore. You know, he's got a shattered collarbone. He's not going to be there uh, in week ten. We we got the week off this week actually. So it's week ten next week that we have the uh, that we have the Packers. So it's going to be a different team altogether that we're facing when, when Rodgers is not out there. And this is a team that has to seize the moment. You know, we have to, you know, we have to put the wounded animal down is what we have to do. You know, the, yeah. the Packers are reeling right now. I mean, if, I mean, I just saw the NFL power rankings going into week number nine, the bears with a three and five record are rated ahead of the four and three Packers. That's the opinion that people have about the Packers now without Aaron Rodgers. that a team that has, you know, Five losses and only three wins is ahead of a team that has more wins uh, uh, right now. So, I mean, uh, everyone is looking at the Packers like this wounded duck, and the Bears have to go out there and make it a reality when they take the field again in two weeks. Yeah, we know a little bit about playing Brett Hudley. Uh, uh, we had the, I guess, honor of being the first team to go up against him uh, in, in, his, in his first NFL start, replacing Rodgers with his broken collarbone. Uh, but now that there is more film on the kid, I, I think that the Bears are – are going to be a little bit better off than we were, at least just just speaking from kind of what I saw on the field. Sure, uh, sure. In, in that game, um, and 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 it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that game in Chicago? Yes, it is. It is in Chicago. Okay, so that's a that's that's big advantage to you guys. Um, you know, obviously in that type of setting, uh, not going to Lambeau and also staying with you. It's kind of a win-win situation for you. For uh, before we move on, Larry, quick question. Um, were you surprised that the Bears didn't make any moves at the trade deadline? Were you expecting them to make do anything? I think, you know, as a Bear fan, you were kind of hoping that they might go out there and try to get some kind of receiver uh, help. I mean, we made the move last week for Dontrell Inman. We got him from mm. the Chargers, uh, but he was inactive against the Saints uh, on Sunday, so we haven't seen him yet. You know, maybe that, uh, you know, somebody else would have been out there or somebody looking to deal 
Um, you know, but uh, there were rumors that the Bears were shopping Josh Sitton, which just sounds bananas to me. Mm-hmm. But apparently that was something that was happening, which thankfully did not happen. Um, so we end up keeping him. And, um, you know, other than that, you know, where anything else would have been, you know, depth, I guess, to try to, you know, to add to what's there. Because the Bears, as well as they've been playing, are still one of the more wounded teams with several names on IR. So adding somebody that can be the next man up wouldn't have been the worst thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was pretty crazy. You know, uh, I think just what happened, you know, uh, as far as uh, the trades that actually did uh, did happen, you have yeah. former Patriots QB Jimmy Garoppolo, surprisingly, going to the 49ers, even though he's going to be free agent if they don't sign him to an extension. You have the former division rival Carolina Panthers wide receiver Colin Benjamin going to the Buffalo Bills, I love which that. I will be seeing in November. Yeah, uh, actually, in eleven days from now, uh, if you're listening to this later, then be that as it may. But that's pretty shocking too. Just you have Jay Jai going to the uh, Eagles, which is also really crazy. So a bunch of crazy moves going on. But I, I yeah. think I agree with you, Larry, when I say that I'm pretty happy the Saints didn't make any moves. We look yeah. at this team. They're doing fine as it is. Why change it? You know. Right. That's my take. Yeah, and and Mickey Loomis isn't really known for trade deadline trades. Uh, If he's going to do a trade, he's going to do it in the offseason, like he did with uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, or he's going to do it very early in the season when he knows change needs to happen. Uh, Adrian Peterson uh, comes to mind automatically in that regard. Um, Larry, anything else about this game stood out to you? You, Maybe something you want to get off your chest about, uh, you know, uh, and anything, anything you saw that you wanted to talk about a little bit more? Uh, no, just, uh, the, the, the stark contrast between the imaginative play calling of Sean Payton and the extreme lack thereof from, uh, Joel Loggins. Uh, you can yeah. see the bears offense coming from a mile away and Sean Payton, you know, God bless the defense for playing as well as they did. Cause he kept them guessing all day long. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, well, I'll tell you what, you guys are in fantastic shape with that defense. I, I, I was very impressed, even more impressed than I thought I was going to be. And I came into this game knowing that this was a uh, a gritty, disciplined, and, and, and really, really just kick-ass defense. So uh, credit there for you. Um, Larry, stay seated. We're, we're going to come right back. We're, we're just going to do a really, really quick commercial break. Before we get into that, though, and before we ask Larry some fantastic questions about his Chicago Bears, um, Fansided is doing a fantastic uh, contest. Um, and and I'm just, I'm just going to read off the script for you guys. Um, it's, it's in the email that they sent us. Um, are you the biggest, most passionate Saints fan there is? You probably are since you're listening to the Who Dat Dish podcast, obviously. Now, the perfect opportunity for you or someone you know to get recognized for being a diehard Saints fan. To enter, submit a two-minute video or a 200-word essay by November 7th explaining why you should be named Fansided Fan of the Year. Fansided will pick five finalists, all of whom will will receive a one-year subscription to Sports Illustrated and will be profiled on Fansided.com. The grand prize winner will be honored with a trophy and won a three-day trip to New York City to attend the Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year event in early December. For all the details uh, to enter... Uh, visit fansided.com slash fan of the year. That's great stuff, guys. It'll be on our Twitter as well. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's great stuff. I really hope uh, a Saints fan or two wins that because that, that would be great for Houdat Nation. Yeah, so I guys, think. yeah, be, be sure to enter that. Um, yeah, but we're, we're going to be right back with Larry. We're, we're going to ask him some questions about the Bears. So uh, we'll be back in just a few seconds. 
And what's up, guys? We are back. Do you miss us? I miss us. So we're very happy to be talking with uh, Larry here tonight. For those of you who just tuned in, Larry is with the Chicago Bears. He's a huge uh, fan. He's a huge uh, analyst uh, about the team. So as we make our way into our next segment of the night, we also have to mention here, because I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it yet, this is our 20th episode, so we are super happy. I know Dayton is probably right now. Yes. I am right now, so. I'm getting the I'll... clapping ready. Let me get the audience ready real quick to clap for Yeah, that. get the audience ready. Well, um, as we transition for our next topic, there we go. There, there we go. go. 20th episode. Woo! Thank you guys so much. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I bet you the fans are probably saying, yeah, no worries, you know. But um, as we get into our next segment, uh, we have some very special and unique questions we're going to be asking Larry that we are going to be answering ourselves just about the specifics of the of our two teams here. For those of you who aren't exactly sure where the Saints and the Bears are heading right now, what if the season say uh, if the season ended say where they would be, we've got some questions here to answer for you guys. A little special, uh, occasional special uh, segment for you guys here. So I'll be the first one to start it off for you, Larry. Where do you believe right now currently, uh, or who do you believe right now currently is the best player on the Chicago Bears? Akeem Hicks, without Akeem a Hicks? doubt. He's, You're uh, welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, you know, he was very bitter about that. He was uh, talking about it quite a bit leading up to the leading up to the game. Not maybe not so much about not being in New Orleans. I guess maybe it wasn't handled the way that he would have liked, and. Um, you know, how he went from being an every-down starter to all of a sudden being uh, expendable and, and traded away to New England. I'm sure he didn't hate his time in New England, but, uh, you know, I, I guess there was a, a something about the exit that w- that he made uh, with New Orleans that kind of stuck with him. Yeah, the, the most interesting thing about the, uh, about the NFL as a whole, I, I guess, and I'm seeing this with the Bears, we saw this with the Broncos a couple of years ago, this league is starting to become, obviously, quarterback-focused. Uh, more of the rules are for the offense. But if you have good, talented defensive players and, and can make up really good personnel on the defensive side of the ball, which the, I, I see the Bears doing this. I, I see other teams doing it as well. It's, it's a slow build. But if you can do that properly and, and you get that great defense, you can win a lot of football games. You can make playoff runs. You can do a lot with a very good defense. I value a, a good defense. And Akeem Hicks is one of the keys to that. Um, and, and so I, I would agree with you. I, I think to me, Chicago, Akeem Hicks is your guys' best player for sure. And, and plays into what I was saying about that. Um, as far as for the Saints, Tyler, who do you think? Who, who would you say is our best player on the team currently? Our our best player, I would probably have to go. It, it's a tie, honestly, if you ask me. I think right now our two best players, this is so hard because we have so many. Uh, Cameron Jordan for the defense, Drew Brees for the offense. Drew Brees hasn't exactly played phenomenally like he has in the past hasn't been anything stellar he's still been consistent for the team so i appreciate that and our quarterback so i would have to go with him for the offense and finally for the defense cameron jordan because of this with the secondary finally playing good enough to provide time for jordan he's been stellar and showing what he's capable of i think we've said before if not other podcasts have probably mentioned it Cameron Jordan isn't exactly a speed guy. He's more of give him a couple seconds and we'll see what he can do kind of guy. He's the guy that if you give him two, three seconds, he'll show you what he's capable of. I think similar to what Akeem Hicks is for the Bears, he's one of those strong-powered defensive linemen that can not only bull rush the quarterback but can 
create opportunities and plays for his defense, for his team. So I would have to say Cameron Jordan and Drew Brees. How about yeah. you? Yeah, if I had to choose, I would say Cam Jordan. Um, only because he's in his prime and Drew Brees is, is a little bit past his, or maybe a lot of bit past his. He's, he's still playing great football, but uh, obviously, you know, he, he he's getting up there in age, and, and Cam Jordan is entering his prime. Uh, Larry, how about for the Bears? Uh, what do you think are their chances of them making the playoffs right now, if you had to say? Uh, zero. We're not going to the playoffs this year. I mean, uh, we've got a favorable schedule ahead of us uh the lions are trending down and we play them twice the packers no aaron Rodgers. we got this the 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 bronc the broncos the browns and the 49ers who are combined as we all know for zero wins thus far through the first eight games of the season cincinnati's not playing too hot right now the only two games on the second half of the schedule that we really have to worry about are where the bears are definitely not going to be favored we'll be on the road at philadelphia in three weeks and uh, at Minnesota, where the Bears never win to close out the season. So other than that, there are six games that are very winnable. And, um, you know, even if we were to win all six of those games, it's it's nine and seven. You know, it's it's the NFL, so I doubt that it will go that way. Four and four, five and three is more what I'm looking at, which puts us in the seven and nine, eight and eight range, and that's not making the playoffs. Considering yeah, what you guys were – I think projected this year and considering what, what you guys have been in the past, I will definitely consider that an upgrade though. Uh, obviously you, you look at, you know, what teams go through, uh, you know, each year, uh, you know, each time period throughout history, a national football league teams have had years where they rebuild or years where the teams just have been off. I think, um, I just think that right now, uh, from an outside looking, especially from a Saints perspective, I'm happy, you know, for you guys, considering what you have accomplished as far as even if even what you're projected to make, if it's not the best, I think it's still an upgrade. I think it's still something to look forward to, to be happy for the future. You know, I think your your arrow is pointing up, not downwards. Is what I'm well, we've we've already matched our win total for last year. We yeah. were three and 13 yeah. last year. We're already three and five. Uh, at this point, the only thing that I fear about a good second half, believe it or not, the only thing that I fear about a good second half is that it will be good enough to save John Fox's job, mm. which is right now the last thing that most Bear fans want. We want to move on uh, uh, to a brand new uh, coaching staff and uh, or at the very least an offensive coaching staff and take John Fox with you uh, kind of thing, because Vic Fangio was really putting something together on the defensive side. And we're just uh, kind of a, uh, a ship without a captain uh, on offense uh, right now. So whether the, the rumors about Dole Loggins being handcuffed by John Fox, whether they're true or not, Loggins is the guy that's calling the plays, and he can appease John Fox without, uh, you know, he can appease John Fox and still be a bit more imaginative uh, or at least a lot less predictable uh, on offense than he has been. You see his yeah. beard? You, you see John Fox's beard? That that uh, That just... Screams aging and stress to me when I, when I look at his. Yeah, beard. that's that's uh, you know, go ahead and, and wear the, the you know the the floral shirts and and right. and, and retire you know kind of yeah. thing. That's that's what that is. Go go fishing for you know for marlins and whatnot <laughs> on the on the in the Atlantic Ocean instead of coaching my football team. Retire in South yeah. Beach. There uh, you go. Uh, Dayton, what would you say uh, are the chances right now of the Saints making the playoffs? Um, well, we talked about this, I, I think, the past two podcast episodes. Uh, we, yeah, we've been able to talk about them. Oh, no, I'm, ju- I'm just comparing uh, <laughs> ki- kind of what we've been talking about. So, originally, 
uh, when we first brought it up, we, we said around you know sixty percent at that time. Uh, they were they were uh, three and two uh, and, and had all the momentum in the world, easier schedule. We said about sixty, jumped up to about seventy with the win. With this Bears win, um, you know I see it approaching eighty eighty five percent, especially the. Uh, downfall that our division is having. Uh, granted, only one team lost this week in our division. We, we we had the luxury of having two weeks in a row of all of the NFC South teams besides us losing. Um, but but this week, Atlanta pulled out a win, uh, and then Carolina stomped on Tampa Bay. Uh, so you know Carolina took the W, Tampa Bay took the L, which is you know good and bad yin and yang for us. But uh, you know eighty eighty five percent. We have a really strong chance of winning our division. I didn't think that was going to be a thing when we entered this season. So I'm very confident in the team right now. Yeah, and for me, I, I'll just say this for Saints fans who are being really optimistic right now. Always be cautious, and here's why. The Saints still do have to play a very good Redskins team where they mm-hmm. can be. The Los Angeles Rams, the Buffalo Bills, which I will be at uh, in November. So make sure to check that out uh, for that podcast because I'll be giving my insight there. Um, we still have a ton of division games. Especially against the Panthers and the Falcons, which are good teams that way. So check out that and be aware of that, Saints fans. I don't know if I would go as high as to say 80. I'm going to stick around 70 just because of I don't want to be too optimistic about the schedule. But as we go into our next question, I have for you, Larry. Are there any players right now on the Chicago Bears? Obviously, we will mention the Saints a bit. Are there any players right now on the Bears that you believe could achieve any significant award by the end of the season, you know, MVP, offensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, anything specific like that. Um, I think maybe um, Danny Trevathan um, is uh, in the discussion for comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a guy that uh, blew out his patella tendon week. Uh, it was in November of last year that he did it. So it was closer towards the end of the season and the patella tendon is one of the more devastating knee injuries that you can have. And this guy, um, you know, came back ready day one in the preseason, uh, to play. And aside from the suspension, the one game suspension he got for that hit on Devonte Adams, uh, in the Packer game, he's been on the field for every snap that he's been allowed, uh, to be. And he's been the leading tackler in just about, uh, just about every game, and um, the only other one that I can think of would would be go back to the would be Akeem Hicks. He's playing at an All Pro level, mm-hmm. so not making the Pro Bowl, making the All Pro team, which just is just a step above that. Yeah, that would be certainly something. Um, uh, for the Saints fans here who are, are curious to see what we've got, I don't know about Dayton, but um, for me personally, I think right now, uh, I don't think uh, Alvin Kamara just because of all the other talent. Uh, in the NFL, as far as rookie goes, that he would get Offensive Rookie of the Year. But I do believe Marshawn Lattimore right now is in the running for Defensive Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. just because of what, like we've said in the past, what he's a- been able to accomplish so far, what kind of impact he's been making for the defense. And speaking of the defense, I think right now, although it may be tough, I think right now Lattimore has a better chance of getting Defensive Rookie of the Year than this next player achieving this. I think right now there could be a case made for Cameron Jordan for Defensive Player of the Year. Although I may be a little biased, a little biased here being a Saints fan, but uh, right now I believe Cameron Jordan's projected over 10 sacks. So mm. with everything he's been able to accomplish, he might need to be pointed into high gear a little bit more, you know, to really uh, show off of it, you know, to uh, get people's attention. But I think what he's been able to accomplish, especially in this defense, he's really been taking that um that significant role in this defense to really help us 
put us over the top. I think he could be in the discussion. I was but. just about to say that, that, that Cam Jordan has a shot. And, and mainly because, I mean, there's, you know, Eric Berry had the injury. J.J. Watt had the injury. There aren't too many uh, superstar defensive players playing at, at superstar uh, uh, levels. And I think Cam Jordan has a chance, like you said, he has to kick it into high gear, yeah. to steal that award. He, he's always one of the highest graded defensive players uh, by pro football focus, which always impresses me. Obviously, that that's that's there's some substance to that. You can take it with a grain of salt. But that's super impressive to see. I, he's constantly at the top of the list. Um, and, and yeah, I would say Marshawn Lattimore has, has also has a pretty good chance at this point in the season to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think he's been doing pretty good. Alvin Kamara, I think Kareem Hunt's having too good of a year um, to, mm. to not win it's, the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Just- it's Deshaun's Watson and Deshaun Watson. How could we? Yeah, how could we forget about down. Deshaun Watson? Yeah, the, the, the touchdown yeah, game. If, yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't right. win it, it's going to be because he fell off, not because somebody right. played better than him. Yeah. He's leaps right. and bounds ahead of everyone else right now. I agree. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was Kareem Hunt at, to begin, and then once Deshaun Watson started, he's been taking it over. Uh, Larry, would you say um, Eddie Jackson has a shot of winning Defensive Rookie of the Year? He, he's had a he's had a really good. He had that historical week uh, before you guys played us. Um, uh, against the Panthers, do you think that he has, you know, a chance of, of winning that award? Um, you know, I think right now he would be in maybe the lower tier okay. of the discussion. I mean, he's going to be in there for sure. Um, but uh, the last eight games obviously will, will go a long way in determining that, um, you know, but he's he's one of those guys, and it's why we drafted him. Um, we were lucky that he was still there in the fourth round when it came time that uh, – this was a guy that was always around the ball at Alabama, um, and it was because of uh, you know back-to-back injuries in 2015, 2016 as to why he was still there in the fourth round. Talent-wise, he was more of a second-round uh, pick, but um, you know the Bears were able to to scoop him up, and he has started for us for, since day one and has lived up to his uh, Alabama reputation, which is this is a kid that always seems to be around the ball. I mean, he was Mr. Johnny on the spot. Uh, against Carolina, I'm sure Cam Newton's still having nightmares about Eddie Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's been outstanding for you guys. Uh, last question for you, Larry. Been fantastic having you on the show. Um, I if, agree. If the season ended right now, what are some positions your team should address during free agency and the NFL draft uh, in 2018? Um, well, the wide receiver would be the first one, or um, yeah, wide receiver for okay. sure. Um. Um, you know, as far as the, the sec- I think we're good at the secondary. We might need to to add a cornerback or two because, um, you know, Kyle Fuller has not had the best career in Chicago. He's really starting to come into his own, but he was having such a disappointing um, rookie contract that we didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So this is it for him this year. And, of course, he's having the best year of his career. So we might not be able to keep him uh, when the year comes uh, to an end. So I would say cornerback wide receiver, uh, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, maybe add some depth at, at inside or outside linebacker actually would probably be more helpful. We lost Willie Young, uh, to a tricep injury. Pernell McPhee isn't exactly working out and Leonard Floyd could use the help. So let's say wide receiver, cornerback and outside linebacker. Mm, Interesting. Now, as far as the saints go, I think I would have to go if I I don't know, I think it's interesting right now, considering what the saints are doing. Uh, and I think it's uh, obviously we don't know at this moment in time. If you're uh, listening uh, from the future, please tell us. But um, I don't think we know either for both teams what players uh, both of our teams are going to retain, 
both play, uh, both teams, you know, who they're going to attempt to sign. But obviously right now the Saints have some key free agents they have to retain in uh, Alex Okafor, Kenny Vaccaro, Drew Brees, of course, hopefully deserves a new contract. But I think right now I would have to go middle linebacker because of our linebacker right now, A.J. Klein, as as efficient as he has been, I still believe, I think many others would agree, that we don't have a true middle linebacker yet. We haven't in a, haven't had one in a long time. I think if Willie Snead doesn't come back to form, our wide receiver, I think we should add another playmaker there. Uh, a tight end would be nice, too. Someone who can block decent, but at the same time actually is able to be a playmaker for this offense. Uh, and speaking of offense, probably another offensive lineman for uh, depth purposes, and a defensive lineman couldn't hurt either, like a nose tackle, because we lost Nick Fairley. But that's who I've got. That's like half the – you just named like half the team, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. What can I say? No, that's all right. Yeah, no, no, no. There, there are, you know, I, I think that there are more weak, st- weak spots, at least depth-wise, than uh, than uh, we, we like to think. Yeah, I, I'm with you, especially with the middle linebacker. AJ Klein is still finding his footing and whatnot, but, I, I mean – I, I think that there are opportunities to do better than AJ Klein, and uh, I would actually enjoy to see us maybe drafting a quarterback, maybe taking a shot in the first round at a quarterback. Yeah, because again, we don't know what's going to happen to Drew Brees. We really Baker Mayfield, Baker Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph. I mean, if if somehow Josh Allen, Josh Rosen fall out, um, you know, they, fall out of the top ten, which I, I don't think they will. I, I think that teams are going if, to if like Patrick Mahomes went tenth, Deshaun Watson went twelfth. Uh, you know, all, all, all these quarterbacks we thought might have fallen to the late first, second round. They got they got picked up pretty early. That's just kind of how the NFL runs. So, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to do that. But, yeah, middle linebacker for me uh, for sure is the number one. And then offensive line depth is going to be really important. But, um, Larry, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, go ahead, uh, plug away at some social media, some other stuff. Larry Dyer of the Chicago Bear Chicago Bear Review, guys. Uh, again, yeah, Larry, thanks for coming on. Go and plug away uh, real quick. And then if you don't mind staying on the line while we sign off. Uh, yeah, you know, the Chicago Bears Review, been doing it uh, 2007 was the first season. Awesome. Um, and for you guys that are celebrating your 20th episode, my midseason review will be the 40th of the season awesome. that I've done so far. So you got some catching up to do. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, you guys are off to a good start. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Shy Bears Review, C-H-I Bears Review. And I have a Facebook page as well. So just search Chicago Bears Review on Facebook and uh Join up, and you'll get all the show notifications and uh, and what have you. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate that, Larry. We appreciate you for uh, being on. Always, uh, I know uh, from firsthand experience, I appreciate your input. I appreciate your perspective, especially from another NFC team. So we always look forward to that. But as we close out this episode, we just have to, again, thank everybody for watching, for the support. It's the 20th episode. We can't believe it. We made it so far. And no one's gotten too hurt. So, um, yeah, <laughs> a funny joke there. Um, yeah, make sure to follow us on social media. Uh, the main inputs we use, the main uh, social media outlets we use are Twitter. Uh, so as far as that goes, you can follow the lovely Dayton Brown. You can follow him over there. Other guy on the other side of the mic. Follow him at, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official Who That Dish podcast account at the WDD podcast. And make sure to stay tuned with uh, us on iTunes. We are now on iTunes for those 
who don't know, just search the Who That Dish podcast and all those awesome episodes will come up. But yeah, just stay tuned with us on our social media. Make sure to check out Larry on his too. Uh, I, I'm sure Larry can agree with, uh, with what I'm about to say here, but we love connecting with our fans. So if you have something to say, something to ask us, something to comment, make sure to do so. I'm sure we'll get back to you. So take it away, Dan. Guys, again, thank you so much for the support through these 20 episodes. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Uh, Be sure to follow us everywhere that Tyler said. Like the who uh, like who that dish on uh, facebook as well get all the updates uh, and download there's also who that dish app now that you can download just type in who that dish on uh in the app store uh, it's for the google play and uh, ios so yeah guys be sure to download that so you stay up to date who that dish.com if you're not living there you should be guys thanks so much again we'll talk to you actually tomorrow when we have the second part of this where we preview the saints game against the tampa bay buccaneers again thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon